You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. All right, folks, welcome back. We're about to kick off our 10 o'clock hour here of Real Presence Live, broadcasting from Aberdeen Roncalli High School. I'm Chris Euler. I'm Dominic King. And we are uh, just chilling, hanging out. I had a wonderful, that was a wonderful interview with the Schaefbauers. Yeah. Uh, what a great, uh, what a great witness to the faith of raising a family. Uh, and it's, man, I, it's such a gift to have, you know, families that raise good young men and mm-hmm. women to be priests, yep. to be holy and holy marriages. Mm-hmm. Like, man, yep. that's my goal. That's a life goal. You know, I, I think something that Brandy said is that, you know, we're not the holiest of families, but I, I think, you know. None of us want to call ourselves that. No. You know, I think that's. But I, I also want to say that that's exactly what you know, God wants us just to answer the call. That's right. that's what it comes down to is answering the call. And uh, you know, um, yeah, we obviously need to strive for holiness and reach perfection. But um, what matters is when once we are called, answer it, man, and yeah. go full tilt and keep trying to uh, become perfect as our heavenly Father's perfect. Exactly, so. and you know, and, and the reality is, like in this life, like. We're only going to get to a certain point, and man, it's such a the spiritual life is such an incredible journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever read any Edith Stein? No, you know, um, I'm trying to think back if I ever had like little snippets here and there. I know um, um, JP two was fond. Yeah. Um, well, they're both um, phenomenologists. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so I've never I've never read any of hers though. No. Mm-mm. So uh, last semester, actually the fall semester. We, uh, um, in one of my classes that I'm getting my master's at, at you marry with, we read, um, uh, oh my goodness, The Science of the Cross, it's called, hmm. uh, a book that she wrote. It was actually, it wasn't finished mm-hmm. because by the, she was working on it uh, as World War II broke out mm-hmm. and she fled uh, to the convent in the Netherlands. And right. when the Netherlands got taken over eventually, uh, she, of course, was taken to be... To the concentration because she was Jewish first, and then became right, right, yeah, right. right. Edith Stein turned yep. Saint Sister Saint Trist, or Sister Teresa Benedict of the Cross, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she wrote in her Science of the Cross uh, this deep, beautiful reality of like how you embrace the cross is how you how beholden you become. Mm. And, and in yeah. essence, it was you know it was part time journal, part time like actual how you get holy because her sisters asked her to write this be like how do we become holy because obviously you're holy and we want to we want that Mm -hmm. but like she talked at length about this you know this this dark night Mm -hmm. you know this 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 feeling of god's presence but this knowledge of god's presence Mm -hmm. and you know and something came up in our class when you're talking about it you're looking at her mother Teresa, john of the cross um you know any any person who had ever experienced like the dark night quote unquote mm-hmm. uh they the 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 okay the, the theology behind it is that in this life when you have god you can only comprehend so much of god in this life and mm-hmm. then you're like overwhelmed by his presence that it's like a cloud yeah, yeah. you're like oh my gosh like his uh, he's so close to me mm-hmm. that it's merely like 
like if if you were to put a piece of paper with a bunch of words on it mm-hmm. and you put it really close to your face, you're not able to make out the words, but you're still close to the document. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, wow. That's there's a amazing. bunch of you know, if you ever have time to watch, there's this great um, Peter Crafe does a video on. Um, there's a C.S. Lewis book called. Um, Till we have faces. Oh yeah, have you read that before? No, but I want to. Yeah, it's, it's, it's on my good. List. It's I, you know, I needed to listen to that though to kind of give it some context. But um, there, he, he kind of gets into that too. Um, I'm, I'm not even going to try to describe it because I'm going to butcher it because it's been a while since I've read the book. But <laughs> uh, but just the idea of like you said the um, the darkness of. Uh, well, there's another book. There, it's called Night's Bright Darkness by Sally Reed. She um, she's got a really interesting story. Actually, she's um, originally from England. She was a poet, um, atheist, kind of lived a pretty secular life, and then um, she uh, she actually moved to South Dakota of all places, what which is heck? so weird. Yeah, moved to South Dakota to get her master's in creative writing because she's a writer, really great writer, and um, and got it from here. And then she uh, moved back to England, met an Italian man. And then uh, got married to this Italian man. Now she's Catholic. And anyway, her book's called Night's Bright Darkness, her, her conversion. And uh, so I really recommend reading it. But um, anyway, she uh, it's kind of that same idea of the, the closeness. Uh, like you're saying, the closer you get, it's... Um, uh, yeah, I, how were you describing it before? Because you did it pretty well. Like just, uh, a sheet of paper yeah, with words on it. Um, and when you get it close to your... You're like when you're far away, you can make out the words, but the closer it gets to your face, mm-hmm. the more kind of it distorted it may get. Yeah, you yeah. can't make it out fully, but yeah. you're still close to it. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to get into this point further, but yeah, I know. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Well, we have our next guest on the line. Uh, we're going to talk about a great pilgrimage opportunity for those in our listening area. We are blessed to have Deacon Paul Sean on the line. Deacon Paul, welcome. Hey, good morning. Welcome. I, I, thank you for the welcome. Yeah, did I pronounce your last name correctly? Um, that T gets a little pronunciation in there too. So it's Tishan. 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 Okay. okay. All right. There you go. I, I, they're good old classic, uh, like uh, upper European, you know, spelling <laughs> in, of things. In Austrian, <laughs> by a vowel last name for sure. <laughs> yeah. Austria. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, it's good. There's yeah. one vowel. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, Deacon Paul, we're blessed to have you on. Uh, you know, we're broadcasting here from Aberdeen, South Dakota. Uh, but you are. Uh, where do you? Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself before we dive into uh, the real meat and potatoes about the Philomena Shrine? Um, yes, I am a deacon um, now serving in the diocese of Winona, Rochester, uh, which is just covers the the two bottom counties of the state of Minnesota, and, uh, and I live uh, very close to Rochester, Minnesota, kind of on the eastern side of the, of the state. Um, I work as a, as a nurse down at the Mayo Clinic. I've been uh, a nurse for over 28 years, and 25 of those have been with Mayo. And uh, I've been uh, serving in the Winona Rochester Diocese for just over, over two years now. I've been a, a deacon for... Uh, almost 13 years, and uh, I was uh, uh, ordained in the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis. Oh, well, what a gift. Thank you for your vocation to serve the church in this way, Deacon. So, uh, can you tell us a little bit about St. Philomena before we learn about the shrine? Um, sure. Um, I came across in a very unusual way uh, the, the National Shrine of St. Philomena. 
um, which happens to be just outside uh, the Wisconsin Dells. Uh, my wife and I, we were um, taking a, a uh, trip out to a winery, and um, I missed the turn off to the winery and ended up in this little town called Briggsville. And, um, and in, right as you pull into town, there's this sign that says, Welcome to Briggsville, Wisconsin, home of the shrine of uh, St. Philomena, teenager, virgin, martyr. And my wife and I, we both looked at each other and said, who is St. Philomena? And um, so this happened about six years ago, just right when we came back from World Youth Day in, in Poland. And so we went and uh, we're thinking, well, well boy, this, this is going to be just like, probably like the uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe Shrine. And so we, we were kind of driving around town looking for this this big um, welcome center and everything, and and, uh, and and we found out it's just this um, small um, uh, grotto appearing shrine that was built in uh, um, out of out of granite that uh, is the the shape of her uh, her cell uh, that she was imprisoned in, and, and so she was um, thirteen years old um, back in the time of Diocletian. Uh, her parents were. Uh, royalty uh, from a from a Greece island, and um, they came over to negotiate uh, peace terms with Diocletian, and uh, Philomena, the thirteen year old, traveled with them, and of course Diocletian fell in love with her instantly and said, "You know, we we have a peace treaty. All you have to do is just give me your daughter in marriage." Well, the parents uh, of said, "Yes, absolutely. You know, we give you our daughter. What an honor, and she'll be." You know, one of the richest, wealthiest uh, queens ever, and uh, but Philomena had uh, she had already given herself to our Lord Jesus Christ at eight years old, and she said, "I can't marry him. Um, I, I've given myself over to Jesus." And, uh, and so Diocletian said, uh, "Don't worry about it. I will. I will convince her to marry me." And so he uh, he imprisoned her and uh, put her through many, many tortures. And um, trying to get her to change her mind to say yes, and and um, as her um, as her confinement was was for forty days, but nearing the end of that that forty days of confinement in this prison cell, our our blessed mother came to visit her and and told her said, you know Saint Philomena, um, I you will you'll be crowned a princess, but not here on earth, a princess in heaven and. She said, your, your, your suffering is going to worsen here, um, but don't fret. I'm going to send you my helper. I'm going to send you my angel Gabriel to come, um, and, uh, and, and I'll take care of you. And, and so that gave uh, Philomena a very, uh, very good peace of mind. Um, but then um, uh, Diocletian was, was uh, one of the uh, huge persecutors of the church, um, and he had all sorts of little tricks that he did. He said, okay, Philomena, if you really love your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I'm going to treat you just like him. So he had her scourged and almost to the point of death, threw her in the, uh, back into the prison cell um, and uh, came back the next morning, and all her wounds were healed. And, and that, that night, Philomena was visited by Angel Gabriel and other angels that that put the healing balm on her wounds, and, and she was uh, healed. But this only infuriated uh, Diocletian to do more and more uh, things against Philomena. He called her a witch. Um, 
he um, had her shot with uh, arrows and uh, um, and tied an anchor around her neck, threw her off the, a bridge and uh, into the Tibris River. And angels swooped down and 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 caught her mid-flight, broke the the rope that the anchor was uh, around her neck, set her dry on the shore, and um, and again, this was just getting more and more people that are around the situation to to turn to Christ. They're saying. Diocletian, we don't like your your gods. We like Saint Philomena's gods. This is uh, this is really quite astounding. And so, uh, but on the fortieth day, um, Diocletian uh, had her uh, head dispatched uh, from her body. And uh, um, so, um, so the interesting thing was is that here we have this this uh, this martyr that. That nobody knew about nobody, and, and she was just tucked away into the to the Greek part of the catacombs of, of Saint Priscilla, and there um, she spent almost sixteen hundred years, just totally unknown, um, until her uh, her remains were discovered. Actually, on May twenty fourth, um, this is uh, the feast day of of uh, Mary, the help of Christians, and um, and so. Um, they removed her bones and, and brought them to, to Rome, um, not really sure what they were going to need to do with these. Um, and there was a priest from Magnano, Italy, which is just south of, the, of Naples, who was looking for uh, 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 a martyr to have in his church because he wanted to have the people in his community convert. Well, the, the interesting thing was that all of a sudden these miracles started happening, and and people were uh, were they did not know her story, they did not know anything about her, but the miracles continued to happen, and in powerful ways. And uh, she was visited by by popes, um, and uh, and eventually she was made a saint based solely on her miracles because we didn't have her story. Um, that was that came about a little bit later on. Um, but that's that's kind of a her story, um, and she's just a spunky teenager. She is uh, considered one of the most powerful saints as far as miracles. I, I don't think there's another saint that has been attributed to um, uh, to the amount of miracles that that she uh, uh, has uh, been interceding for and continues to intercede for. She is. Uh, um, just uh, just an incredible, incredible intercessor for us, and a great gift to us from from uh, from Mary and and uh, from Jesus and, and our Lord to to give us such a uh, a, a saint to uh, during during these times now where where we need great saints uh, um, to help us through these difficulties. Yeah, that's what a story. Yeah, I, you know, I. I... I'm afraid to say I didn't know the full story, so that was good to hear. You know, I didn't know the full context. But, um, you know, tell us a bit about, you know, the shrine and, and what the pilgrimage is going to, what you're going to do at the shrine, and uh, just tell us a little bit about it. Okay. Tomorrow, uh, her feast day is celebrated, so we are um, going to be starting with adoration at 9.30 a.m. in the morning. Uh, so it's going to be a holy hour uh, from 9.30 to 10.30 and then we'll get ready for Mass, which will be celebrated at 11. Um, there, uh, after the Mass, um, the church ladies of, of Briggsville are going to provide a free will um, 
lunch uh, for those that would like to stay and uh, um, just hear more about the stories of, of St. Philomena and, and her workings and, uh, and how they can get to know her a little bit uh, more in, into their lives. So, Man, that sounds like a great, great day, yeah. Yeah, and, and if people want to attend this, I know it's tomorrow, but if they still want to attend, uh, where can they find some more information? Um, this is this is probably going to be the the most current information. We unfortunately did not get this onto the website, but she does have a website, um, uh, Saint Philomena Shrine dot org. So if people went to that, they could at least find out the directions how to get to Briggsville. And um, but uh, that would be uh, the one thing. And then I would offer. Uh, because this is such short notice that uh, if people would be interested um, in joining, I have a, a 15-passenger van, and I have it half full. But if anyone would be interested, tomorrow's supposed to be a rainy day over here in, in Minnesota. So if people are thinking they're getting out into the garden, they say, well, we're not going to do that. Well, they're more than welcome to come. We're going to leave from Zambroda, Minnesota, which is where I live. Um, and at 6 a.m., we're going to travel through Rochester, uh, and then uh, through La Crosse, and then on our way to the Wisconsin Dales. If there's anyone along that pathway that would like to contact me, um, I'll give you my email address. It is, um, it's, I'll spell this, it's the word uh, six, so it's S-I-X, the number two, and then the word Honduras, H-O-N-D-U-R-A-S, at gmail.com. And um, if they wanted to get a hold of me and uh, either to uh, caravan with us and follow us over there or, um, or if they would need a ride, um, I'd be happy to, to stop anywhere uh, along uh, Interstate 90 as we travel from, like I said, from basically Rochester, Minnesota, um, through La Crosse, and then um, on the way to, to Briggsville. They can contact me at that, at that email. All right. Well, Deacon Paul, thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us a little bit about St. Philomena and her shrine in Briggsville. Uh, We hope you have a wonderful pilgrimage tomorrow and hope that more people can have a wonderful devotion to this amazing saint. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Deacon Paul, so much. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you both. Thank you. You as well. well. All right. Bye-bye. All right, folks. We're going to throw it to break here, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We've got another wonderful female saint in the making to talk about. Stay tuned. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 